Parents Pod. Welcome to Pet Parents Pod, the podcast for and by pet parents. I'm Danielle. I'm Heath. I'm Kip. And trigger warning? Mm-hmm. Trigger warning. Just the, you, you know should kind of guess by the title. This whole show is just I, a have, trigger. We have happy episodes. Yeah. I just. I decided a topical episode with everything going on in the this world. This is just a month of sadness for everybody. Happy birthday to Dan. Dan yeah, decided to do depressing research. Yay! Yay. Who wants cake? Yeah. Um, so, this topic, which I alluded to last week, is we were going to talk about animals in current conflict zones and past conflict zones. And what that means to the people affected, the animals affected, and the mm-hmm. rescued efforts of lots of brave and kind humans trying to do the best in a bad environment. Right. Um, so to get everyone in the mindset, just mm-hmm. imagine you're from at your house. Falling from the, the sky. sky. <laughs> and what you would do to protect you and your animals. Imagine, go on Reddit. And imagine that Ukraine is your house. Or even... <laughs> I mean, that's really true. <laughs> like, we're also going to be covering really other modern... Right <laughs> we're we're going to be covering other modern conflicts, such as areas of Syria. Mm-hmm. Because Ukraine, while everything going on in Ukraine is horrible, they are not the only place that has right. had horrible, conflict and- horrible conflict that's uprooted families mm. and... Uh, people basically doing their best to try to take care of animals. I'm going to start with um, a... Yeah, like, I think I've seen, like, pictures of Syria, like, before and after, where, like, Syria was, like, this really beautiful place. Oh, yeah. Now it's just, like... Uh, Like, different parts of it have been completely, like, um... Yeah. Completely destroyed. It was, like, Uh, really shocking images of powerful news. Good news is powerful. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about... We're going to start... And by good news, I mean well-documented. Not, not like right. good, good news Not coverage. like happy news. Yeah, yeah, good news coverage is yeah. incredibly important. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to start uh, about a Egyptian vet who has... He works for a organization called... This one, I'm scrolling through articles that I've read, and I'm giving summaries, basically, mm-hmm. because writing all this down was... this. I started this part of the research around 4.30 a.m., and I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to go to bed soon. Yep. So I copy and pasted a lot of um, articles. And we're, here, we're here with you. Yes. So Just like last episode... This episode, you're still running on only three hours. <laughs> I am. Uh, so uh, he's an Egyptian um, vet who has worked in several rescue efforts, uh, including some locally during the um, Egyptian um, revol- revol- revolution uprising. I don't know. Revolutionary how to- uprising. Yes, the revolutionary uprising because um, something that they like people don't talk about a lot while stuff was being like governments and military powers being overthrown um this was happening in cairo where a lot of like for instance there's whole villages at the uh like foot of the pyramids whose whole business relies on tourists and without that 
tourism, they had like lots of animals like perish because they weren't able to get food, camels, right. attractions like that. Um, he works for the, where are you? Four Paws International, which is an international relief effort to, he mainly helps try to rescue zoo animals from conflict zones because that's something that's not talked about a lot. Is get abandoned out there. They, yeah. Uh, of course, some workers... I mean, what, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. So like, do you, if you're being attacked, how are you supposed to transport them? Yeah, That's there's, a messy thing, because what if they escape during the transport, and then everyone's in danger? It's not yeah. a good situation. So, imagine no. you're in a place like Aleppo and Mosul, and you are a zoo worker, and then bombs start, like, falling oh, around man. you. Your main goal is to try to get your family and your locals. But there are, of course, lots of vets and lots of people who work on trying to take care of their animals. But you can only do so much if you don't have supplies. Especially if they're big animals. Yes. So, like, you can yeah. transport them easily. How, how are you, I think I remember seeing images of, of abandoned lions in zoos and war, war zones. It's yeah. not great. So, um... Amir... Who's going to run in here and grab it? Yes. And I apologize, Amir, if I'm messing up your last name. Amir Khalil? Khalil? Amir Khalil. Khalil. I think I've heard that, but again, I'm American. He he is a veterinarian who works for the Four Paws International. He has spent 25 years trying to save animals in such horrible uh, positions. Um, each mission, uh, this is a quote from him. Each mission is difficult for me, and I have faced a lot of life threatening situations in uh, Kosovo. I Kosovo. Saw, Kosovo. I saw people killed in front of my eyes. I've had pistols pointed at my head. So Jeez. you realize you have to a lot to learn. Not only to have emotion and the will, but the training. You're not mm-hmm. cowboys going into a war or mm-hmm. a conflict zone. Safety of the team comes first, second, and third. Training is very important. We are a military team. We have worked very professionally to secure every step to be well prepared, and we also have exit scenarios. Bringing the team in and out is first priority. Second, of course, is getting the animals out safely. So this puts a lot of train, and and this isn't like professionals who are like, oh, we have a ton of veterinary. Like, this takes a lot of years of training. Yeah. And then they have a lot of work. One, know how to be a veterinarian, and then two, have military training. Well, at least willingness to put yourself in some sort of conflict training. And you can also get... um, Protection. Training, yeah. Yeah. Conflict you training. Can have civilian conflict training as yeah. well. Yeah. And you, you can get, uh, basically, oh, I forget what they're called. They're like, um, fixers is a term I think mm-hmm. I've heard mm-hmm. used. Basically, they guarantee as much safety as they can to get you in and out of, like, yeah. journalists yeah, use familiar. them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to get them into conflict zones and embed them so they can actually talk to people for stories. Yeah. This so, all sounds, I, I actually saw, um, uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot recently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the sounding familiar because they did use those phrases in that movie. Yeah, I, I love Tina Fey. Um. <laughs> oh wait, you're talking about that. Uh, Where she she played a journalist. Yes. A, yeah, yes. No, that thing was that thing was funny. One of the few movies I have seen. 
Okay. Um, so, for instance, during this particular mission to Aleppo, uh, the zoo was hit with airstrikes twice. Out of 600 animals, they were able to rescue. The, the only ones able to rescue were about 13. Hey, look, it's something. Out they of, saved 13 lives. Out of 84 animals from the Mosul Zoo, they only rescued, They only succeeded on rescuing the two surviving animals, a lion and a bear. Wow. So, and they don't just do war zones. They also, they help with hurricanes, flood, earthquakes, fire. Um, this, yeah, any major event where the animals are just abandoned because yeah. people can't worry about them. Mm-hmm. Right. And, or, like, at, if you are trying to move out with them, not just zoo animals, but pets, uh, large explosions scare animals. And yeah. you might lose a leash while you're trying to hold on to your kid or help your elderly parent through. Like, there's yeah. a lot of things in place. Um, in Egypt, during the revolution, everyone was busy in Cairo's uh, Tehran Square. A lot of people forgot there was over 40,000 families living in the pyramid area who de- who depend on tourism to work with horses and camels. On the first week, over 250 animals died from hunger. Uh, I wonder how much audio is being picked up right now because I, I can in between. I, I can <laughs> I can still see my audio. Oh okay, okay, okay. Don't forget, I am the producer. I can't okay. see my audio. Okay. Um, she's enormous. She's, she's really not. I'm gonna she's move. The, she's a giant. Butterball. Can you stop shaming Quinn? Yes. <laughs> but we have a love hate relationship. I, I will yeah, say I can see that. Yeah. The silver <laughs> lining <laughs> is yeah. there are organizations <laughs> like Four Paws International, which were able to supply food and medicine for three thousand animals in like the first three months of the conflict. Right. So like it's important to keep that in mind, especially with any sort of conflict zone, is small Small um, donations and work of volunteers really do go a long way in helping because even just getting things in place. Um, There is another, this is something that I think is a little bit more uplifting. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a story about a Syrian um, woman uh, basically helping with an animal shelter, basically. Okay, so... Um, like I said, I'm doing a lot of reading from articles, so I'm going to have pauses, but, um, Sadar? Oh, I can't. Okay. Who, who's best at Syrian? All right. Let's see. Uh, where are we? Oh, uh. The very when... first line. Ooh, I'm also, I know I butcher a lot when I try to, like, read out these foreign words, but, um. We could just call her. Sedra. Sedra. Okay. Aha. Maybe. Because it's A G H A. Yeah. Aha. I have. Sedra Ayub Aha. I have. I'm going to go with that. That I'm, sounds good. I'm probably losing uh-huh. the game. I'm going to call her Sedra. And if Sedra, if you somehow get the a game. hold of this episode, I apologize. Yes. I have a speech impediment. Some of these sounds are really hard for me to wrap my tongue around. I really love language, but I can't know them all. <laughs> So, um, so her, 
So her family fled Damascus during August 2015. Mm -hmm. um, she was heartbroken because not only was they fleeing from their home, they also right. had to leave behind their cats, Rose and Jack. And the thing is, these cats... Rose and Jack. Rose and from Jack. the Titanic. Yeah. This is Rose and Jack from the Titanic. I'm crying right now. Yeah. What is even kind of more upsetting is the fact that these cats were kind of replacement cats. No. Um, so uh, early, early on in the conflict, mm -hmm. why they were fleeing, their pet cat jumped out while they were trying to flee. Like, jumped out of the right. vehicle. Right, cat was like, I, I, I got this. Get, I gotta get I'm, out of here. I'm going. And I'm, so I'm on my own. Deuces. So... Because of her sadness, her father got her Rose and Jack to mm -hmm. comfort her. And then they had to flee again, and she lost her cats. Again. Again. So now fleeing is just at the, the CPTSD mm -hmm. trigger of cat abandonment. That's, yes. That's really sad. So that really breaks my heart. People fled the war zone often because they had no choice to leave pets behind, or yeah. even without their primary... They became street cats, abandoned, even abused. But um, because of this, uh, and people who were affected by these losses, there are actual sanctuaries that were, like, there's Ernesto Sanctuary in Aleppo. Mm -hmm. um, it was destroyed in November 2017, but he built it back. And he works with a clinic, and he, um, he has, like, a... Uh, I've had a video. Basically, he works with veterinary clinics, and he's also a place where people can come and just hang out with the cats. So he kind of created, like, a cat sanctuary where he takes care of them, and mm -hmm. he named it after his, like, pet cat he lost. Oh. Yeah. Um, and he even has, like, children come in from the school. So it's not just, so like... So let school kids do a field trip and hang out with the cats. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, like, to bring normalcy, empathy. He gets uh, cut off... He gets, uh, basically, discarded scraps from local butchers. He okay. is, like... He created, basically, a safe haven from cats, for cats in an area that is his home and... To bring that's something that I at least find very hopeful about all these situations is no matter like the darkest shit that is going on, there's always gonna be someone who's like, Oh, there's a cat, I'm gonna feed it. Oh, there's another cat, I'm gonna feed it. Mm -hmm. And I they have a cat sanctuary now. I have a cat sanctuary now, and well, I'm not leaving because this is my home and these are my cats, and like I'm gonna take care of them, I'm gonna get them veterinary care. And I'm going to, like, mm -hmm. allow people to come and visit. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, that is an example of a sanctuary. Um, let me find out. Uh, so back to uh, Sidera's uh, story. Um, so uh, as the war worsened, uh, it seems like they joined up with animal activists in Damascus and uh, joined concerned animal lovers in Germany and the Le Netherlands to set up the Cat Connect, a charity that works to reunite animals with their Sumerian owners. Mm -hmm. um, when that is not possible, as many strays are handed over to foster owners, and only and it's the only rescue e effort of its kind in the city. Um, even in situations that are risky and fraught, um, 
inspired by her mother, who was also rescued animals, uh, Kalani, which I think is, and her team, which I I think it's the rescue animals from what I can tell. And I'll I'll have all these articles, like, linked so you guys can read them. Right. Um, They occasionally drive out to active conflict zones to save animals. And sometimes they have to deal with government checkpoints, and soldiers are often perplexed by them, like, hey, we need to go. There's some cats there. We got to go get them. Right. But uh, she says still some are even helpful. So they're like, no, no, this is an act of corn. No, there's an animal there. I gotta go get it. Right. Excuse me. Um, also, getting animals out of Syria is a complicated process. Because if they're found, pets need to be issued passports, driven across uh, borders to Lebanon, examined for disease, vaccinated, microchipped before they can even be, like, a lot of animals are flown from Beirut to cargoes to Europe and North America to try to get them housing in the, like, shelter system there in order to get them out. Costs run into more than $1,000 per animal just to get them out of the country somewhere safe. And it's all funded through donations. So, like, this is... I feel like it's not something that's talked about as much as, like, the effort to try to, while I do get saving people is important, mm-hmm. but also, like, it is still, I think, so, like, kids and animals chose nothing involved in this, and most adults didn't either. I'm not, like, saying, oh, adults, you're the problem either. But animals and kids, of all things, are the most, like, they didn't choose any of this. They don't have control right. over anything. Yeah, so, they're like... vulnerable. And they're most vulnerable, and literally, like, the reason animals are even in our cities and stuff today is because we're like, ah, it's neat to keep them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to just keep in mind, like, even if an area might be out of conflict or might be in a recovery stage, there is still a lot of need in war zones. There's still refugees. And it's important not to forget it just because something bigger, something else is going on. Right. And also the fact that, like, these animals also suffer PTSD. Like, they yeah. have a huge amount of, like, jumping through hoops on dealing with all this fun stuff. Maybe you think about pets, their whole world is, like, your home mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you. Yep. And then if a war happens... Then they're like, what the heck? All that's taken away from them. Like, their whole life is just... Like, yours, obviously, is destroyed, too. But, like, I think even more so for the pet. Like, everything is just... Everything yeah. is upside down. Yeah. No one ever explained to them that this right. was a possibility. They have even less understanding of what's happening. Yeah. And, and if you had to leave them, which is understandable, it's just awful... Mm-hmm. That's just a trauma. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna jump to our more current events of Ukraine. Um, because there are a lot of stories about people coming out of Ukraine and animals. Um, so I have an article uh set in Kiev of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh Shell-shocked family pets roam the streets of the capital because they are just strays after the mass exodus of civilians scrambling to try to get to the border and try to do their best. Um, 
There are people who still stayed in the city, obviously, who couldn't leave for various reasons, and they have taken it on themselves to try to take care of these animals. Um, May- uh, so much, though. Yeah, it's a lot. So, a woman who I'm going to try to see if Heath can say, can you say that first name there? Because you know a little bit of that dialect from college. the first part of that. Yeah, Heath took Russian in college, and Ukrainian isn't Russian, but they yeah, have some similarities. I really honestly wish I could see it in Ukrainian instead of English. Can you make a best guess? Um, oh, dear God. What about the last name? I mean, I would just guess the robot for that. Sarova. Excuse me. Yeah. I'm being assaulted here, you guys. I'm sorry. Uh, the yeah, I sure. literally wish this was instead in the Slavic language. I, I don't Because I'm not sure how they're trying to do that alphabet. Herstina? We interrupt this program to bring you an important message from our sponsors. Well, not sponsors per se, but it is time to pay the vet bills. Pet Parents Pod now has a website, PetParentsPod.com, where you can go and learn about all the different ways to support the podcast. We also have a Patreon now. There's a link to that as well, along with all of our socials, a Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. It's going to be Patreon.com slash PetParentsPod. Anything and everything can help. We would appreciate your support. PetParentsPod.com also lists that we are a BarkBox affiliate, so any special offers that we have, which will be effective during certain date ranges that are listed, are going to be on that page. There's a link to BarkBox under the Ways to Support page on the website. We also want to remind everyone that regardless of whether other special offers are going on, anytime you subscribe to BarkBox using the link BarkBox.com slash PetParentsPod, you can get free extra month of BarkBox for your subscription. If you enjoy our content, spread the word, tell your friends and family that are also animal lovers. Now back to your regularly scheduled episode. I can just call them by their last name and we can Yeah, let's go with that. I'm really not sure how the start of that is supposed to be because it's in English, but they're literally different alphabets. So, Saroba. That's what I would guess. Okay, so, um, Mom Saroba and her 12-year-old daughter, Anna... They have taken in rescue dogs, and they actually walk these rescue dogs three or four times a week. Uh, They found them at, like, a temporary shelter they were staying in. Um, Some had serious injuries. Some even had lost limbs from it. Right. And basically, this is a shelter that occupies a small building that was an exhibition state. And uh, they have created wooden kennels, leashes... And playrooms furnished with bowls, toys, to provide a safe haven for dogs that they find. Um, they, uh, this is a quote from her. We could not ignore the fact that due to active hostilities, animals began to appear in the city streets. Um, the shelter coordinator who manages a city hospital of veterinary medicine. So... They opened the shelter on May 31st, around the time Russian troops withdrew from Kiev region to concentrated attacks on eastern Ukraine. Uh, more than 195 animals had come through their doors, including 160 that were either reunited with their owners or found new homes. So, like, That's they... really good. Yeah. So, not everyone is, like, 
obviously leaving, but like we've talked about this in the fireworks episode. If you can think of how terrifying fireworks yeah. are, bombs going off near your city and just the chaos of that. Yeah, of yeah. course the animals are gonna bolt. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah. everyone's listened to exit stories and people during that first week trying to get to the border and it sounds terrifying like I, I don't even know like some people had cars that they just had to abandon because they ran out of gas like partway through the border like right you, you, you did your best to like pack up what you could and make an easy journey and even then you're like having to make your way there on your like by foot I in mean, order literally, to get your home becoming a war zone is like the worst Mm-hmm. One of the worst things that could ever happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the uh, group running the shelter, uh, some of the animals were withdrawn, wouldn't eat at first, but in order to get out of the state, they need someone. Animals need human care. Um, so they have found like a various amount of animals uh, they cure for any sort of um, hardship or owners. Um, they They... They, they need human affection and love, and one thing that shelter does provide is anyone who stays, they can go and help with the animals. It gives a brightness to the day. Um, I yeah. know I've checked on it recently. There is a cat, cab- cat, cat cafe, and I think it's also in Kiev, if I remember the name of it Kiev. right. Kiev. It's yeah. in Kiev. That's it. Yeah. Dear God, those are very similar spelled. I think there's <laughs> one letter off. Well, I think, yeah, because I, I think... Uh, Kiev is the Russian pronunciation of the same city. And oh, is Kiev, it? Kiev is the Ukrainian pronunciation. Mm-hmm. I might be pronouncing it wrong. I'm. Yeah. I am basing this off of it. So K Y I V Kiev. Yeah, they say Kiev. Yeah. In oh. Ukraine. Yeah. The news will end up saying it both ways. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I grew up with Kiev because I watched Fiddler in the Roof, and that's how yeah, they said it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of movies do say Kiev. I was just yeah. basing it on the spelling, but yeah, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. Kiev. Perfectly reasonable. Okay. <laughs> um, so there's a cat cafe in Kiev, and they have basically said that, hey, we're not leaving. This is our home. We take care of these cats, and we're going to provide coffee, hot meals, anything we can to make anyone staying's life better. And mm-hmm. I have checked. They have posted recently, so they are still doing okay. Um, and it's re- I will say that is something that's very heartwarming. They'll post pictures of, like, their clients. There was, like, an 11-year-old boy, like, sitting just, like, staring at a cat while he ate, like, some sort of treat. And I'm like, oh. it's it just, like, remembering the people who are there and trying to live their lives and trying to keep their country that they've worked really hard to, like, maintain and, like, have independence from. Right. Um... The, so back to the shelter, the makeshift space fills more than one kind of need. When the staff um, held an open house last weekend, more than a thousand people showed up to walk 25 dogs, then staying at the shelter along with taking care of 11 cats. On Sunday night, the dogs were so tired out from so many walks. Oh. People understand that someone is in a worse condition than they are. People now want to take care of someone. Um... The Ukrainian government currently doesn't have a program for evacuating animals in wartime, but there are many private and volunteer-related initiatives and nonprofits organized by UA Animals, even hired people to pay them in salaries and rescues for combat zones. Um, something I also read for Four Paws International, 
they have been working, that uh, particular group has been working to make sure food and um, medicine is still going to the um, Ukrainian zoos. Right. So they've been making efforts to help maintain those um, systems in place for them. Um, so uh, something that I read, which uh, I can understand being hard, is um, there are really strict um, animal um, my, like migrations into other countries. That's not the right one. Um, immigrate animals immigrating into countries. The right word crossing borders animals crossing borders right. as pets um a lot of different smuggling me so <laughs> here's the thing apparently ukraine is high on animals with rabies oh shoot. so they are actually like dogs and cats and stuff are sometimes considered like banned in countries right including the u.s um so I have a interesting story, which is something I did not realize was going on. But we have um, we have obviously Ukrainian refugees coming to all parts of the world, including us. Can't they just get rabies shots? <laughs> so this is a particular point of view story. No. So, I ran into technical difficulties known as a paywall through New York Times. Mm -hmm. I will link the article. Hopefully you have not read a New York Times article. So you can read this article. But basically, I think her name was Natasha and her sister fled Ukraine. They ended up in Poland. Then they ended up in a couple other countries as they migrated through bringing their dog with them. It, the, um, Natasha said, she's like, I would give up my phone, my clothes, my house, my car, anything, but I'm not giving up this dog, which is, that's a fair thing. It's a family member. It's a family member. So if you've been able to, especially if you've been able to get them this far. Yes. Yeah. Why would you, yeah. They, they've been through several countries. They worked hard on getting the paperwork for everything involved. They were working with charity organizations to get everything. Um, the dog did start getting its rabies shots and other vaccinations in order to travel internationally. Good. It has a passport. It has all of its paperwork. They ended up in, I think, Tijuana. Mexico, because a lot of people have been being flown out to Mexico. There's a um, refugee center there as they get processed through the border. They spent a lot of time and energy making sure their dog was clear to come with them. Yeah, They have friends and family in Virginia willing to take care of them during this time. They, their turn came up. They were getting processed, and then they were told, no, your dog cannot come. Like I said, uh, I wish I had the article so I could give more details, but because Ukraine is considered a high rate of rabies. That's such bullshit when they have rabies shots. Yeah, and it's already started its uh, yeah. shots. It's already started its shots, um, th- and shots this, even expensive. this is a apparently a beer fact thing. Uh-huh. which um, several charities and animal rescue organizations are working to fight against, but it is an issue that they're having where um, some people, depending on the situation, have had to, I think there is like an animal shelter currently 
being like because of certain Ukrainian citizens not being able to wait with their animal. Mm. Like they're still trying to get their animal across, but they're having to leave them in like a shelter situation because like, for instance, if you're traveling with children or elderly people who need maybe better medication or cannot wait out the long journey or need their parents, like there are situations that, forces people to even after all of this work of getting these animals to a safe country and border they're being told no because and it's not like we can't just i don't know why can't we just quarantine and vaccinate them Uh and just take care of them hard like it it's really simple yeah, it's a very, very easy solution. Yeah. And, I mean, we're not the only country doing this. This is, like I said, an article that was focused on thing. it. Yeah, it, it is a, it feels so callous mm-hmm. in such a desperate time period. Right. Which we're supposed to be showing all this goodwill, like, camaraderie to our fellow human being who's going through this. They have nothing. They're losing their homes. They're losing their jobs. They are losing everything, and they're trying to just make it somewhere where they're not in a conflict they zone. Would, right. If they've been able to bring all of their family this far, they would like to bring their family member that is a pet as well. Yeah. Yes. I'm not sure if there's anything we can do, but I don't know. If you're down at the border, if you want to go, I don't know, take out some border patrol, maybe now's what the time. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> That got that that took a turn. I mean, honestly, fuck the border patrol. I mean, yeah. like honestly, if you there's civilians who go out there and just patrol with guns sometimes. I really am just yeah. Um. So it, it's just kind of heartbreaking, and at the same time, I am happy that there's organizations in place. I wish I could tell you what organizations were working toward helping. The issues, um, but try to donate to people in need. Um, another, like, there, there's just a lot of people in conflict zones that they just, like everything else, there's a ton going on. People slip through the cracks, and I know it's a lot to care about everything at all times. I'm not saying, like, do that, but, mm-hmm. like, just be aware. I think there is something in making yourself aware and grounding in the fact that like this is going on it's it's okay if you can't like you can't save everyone you can't save everyone what's most important is keeping your head above water first before you start like giving things away that maybe you can't afford i'm not saying do any of that yeah you have to take care of yourself first yeah yeah but always being at least aware about what's going on and i i think that is like not burying your head in the sand going oh no don't worry we're doing great we're taking in refugees we're definitely not trying to kick out their family members because of a possible rabies which you can test for and quarantine and deal Mm -hmm. with and it's just, it's really, I, I just can't imagine what it would be like to, like, get your animals that far, do everything you were told to do in order to get them into the place that you were hoping to get to some friends, some safety, some community, and then be told, no, no, you can't have your white little dog because of a, such a stupid reason. Yeah. And... Yeah. It's really sickening. Yeah. It's really disgusting. And, I mean, I'm not surprised because, 
as America, we kind of hate letting people in. For some dumb reason. Like, it, uh, it, it's, it's, it's very infuriating. It's very infuriating. I, and I will yet again point out, I can't list the other countries that actually have similar rules like this because mm -hmm. I can't get to the article. But there, right. we're not the only country doing this. Right. Yeah. This, like I said, this particular article followed one, uh, well, two women's journey with their dog, and it they just happened to be trying to get into the U.S. where we are one of the issues with it. So I just wanted to say that. Um, but there are still one of the reasons I think this could be ending on kind of a semi-hopeful note is like there are still a ton of people in Ukraine taking care of these animals, stepping up, finding homes and comfort, like. This is a weird out of nowhere thing, but um, during the quote unquote E3 event this year, which is mainly not really this thing it was, but it's just a bunch of game developers going, hey, these are our games coming out. Um, right. There was a Ukrainian um, game design group doing uh, a game known as Stalker 2, which has a very big fan following. It's a shooter in basically the exclusion zone. Basically, oh, wow. like, what if the radiation did weird kooky things? And instead of so just, like, funny. kill you, what if it had, like, weird gravitational pull and, like, weird, like, radiation magic? Like, like 1950s superhero. I got exposed to radiation. Now I got laser eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Like yeah. a weird, like, post-apocalyptic. Like, like the idea of Yeah. Somebody. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Like, Stalker is a really interesting game, and they've been working on Stalker 2. Like, it's recent, like, before the full-on war started, there was, like, a release date, and people right. were really excited to see what this game-developing studio was gonna be doing. Right. And then the war happened. Yeah. Um, but the studio is apparently still working on the game, and they released uh, footage uh, from their basically different people working on the game, and one of the scenario writers who, she basically comes up with all the, um, like, story missions. She did mention, like, it's kind of really hard to do my job right now, living in a conflict zone and then writing stories about, like, fighting other people because mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. souring. But um, she's like, this is my workspace. It's a hallway. Yeah. These are my beds, and this is where I live and work. And this is my one-eyed dog I found on the street early on in the conflict. So he's my dog now, and we just hang out here, and I work <laughs> on the game. dog now? <laughs> yeah, it was this really cute-looking German Shepherd. She's like, I found him, and he's mine now, and we just live in this hallway, and I work on this game. And, yeah. Yeah. Good Lord Almighty. But, I don't know, there is something kind of nice in the fact that you're like you found like as long as things maybe get better like she has a friend now yeah, and she's not alone it's still going. yeah it's still going like i said this this is not a fun this is a bummer hi guys it's dan here with a bummer episode yeah um I gave the warning. People I gave the warning the we, title we dip into heavy topics even with the most innocent <laughs> I, I Like I said, I know that we can't affect or change things, but I think being aware of it and not shutting, very not shutting your eyes and not just focusing on, like, focusing on this happens in lots of places. And there are still, like I said, the hopeful part of this that I hope 
people really take from it and don't just get bummed out is there are people. There are good people who love animals. There are veterinary care who go in and they do amazing things with so little resources Mm -hmm. and they make things work. And in the end, like, even if the animal's life isn't as good as it was, they make it a little better for where they can. Right. And just try to remember that. And if you can go find some of these organizations helping out and donate, that would be a lovely thing to do. And remember, just in case stuff falls out of the news, it doesn't mean these organizations still don't need donations and funds. Because no, as long as they exist, they're always going to. Yeah, and they, you like it's a helpful thing. And like I said, please, please, please do not feel guilted into doing anything you can't afford. Yeah. The most right. important thing is yourself. And I didn't want to do this as a complete bummer episode. Right. Put the gas mask on yourself before you put the gas mask on the child. Right. And I, I just... That's my metaphor, and I'm sticking to it. We are in an active plane crash. On your animals. And um, then on your animals, and they will not like it because that seems horrible. They don't like masks on their face. But uh, that is my fun war, pets and war zones. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed my depressing I, 3 a.m. topic I found. I think. Yes. I think as I'm being bitten by your cat, and I will with be suing. no teeth. I will she be has suing. no teeth. Will be suing. But she's thrown out of court because oh, oh, there's no teeth. Quinn oh, oh, oh. is gumming Kip. Gummy. Um, Continue though. You know, kick all you want, ma'am. Kick all you want. I'm gonna pet your belly. Anyway. Um, <laughs> she has boundaries oh, she's giving you, and you're like, I'm going to do it anyway, so you know what? <laughs> sorry, Oliver, I didn't realize you were there. I am happy to know that in spite of how horrible mm-hmm. all of the everything is, yes, that there are people who are sincerely giving and are helping, and are going into zoos, and saving as many animals as they can, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, people who are pulling animals off the street, and people who do set up these charities and yeah. sanctuaries, and that one lady who refuses to give up her dog in spite of the heinous, moronic, idiotic mm-hmm. bans that yeah. America has put on a dog that's been vaccinated for rabies. Yes. Like, I, it, it does warm the cockles to know that kindness still exists. Yes, there is. That's the thing that at least I took from a lot of these stories is there is a lot of pain. There is a lot of trauma. There is a lot of hurt. But mm-hmm. the thing I see throughout all those stories is a just un- sacrifice and kindness. And an unwillingness to let things be bad. Like, right. They, it's... I could only hope in a similar situation I could keep that hope and keep that faith in goodness because mm-hmm. I I think at my core I'm a kind person, but I've never been put into a situation like that yeah. where I would actually have to make hard decisions like that. I would not want to give up my animals. Oh, I know like, you oh, would. I guess, I guess we're going to another country somehow. I know. You would, you would build a boat and find an island. <laughs> I'd live in the forest with my dog. To me, it sounds like Mexico. (laughs) Hi, I feel like staying in Mexico Mexico would be okay. Yeah, she's so happy right now. 
I mean, I assume they also can't support, like, it's supposed to be a transitional period where they're at. Yeah. So I don't know how much that system can support. Like, we'll figure, I think overall, most places can figure out a way to fit people. I think, I'm pretty sure we can fit people. I think that lady in the article who refuses to give up her dog is just mm-hmm. going to end up being a Mexican citizen. She's going to be perfectly happy about it. You know why? Because Mexico's beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool stuff there. And I know that Mexico has this reputation of being this awful country, but I know a lot of Mexicans, and it's not awful. Every every country has bad things in it. So, yeah, we've, we've got, we've got, we've got the, horrible we've things. Got so many we've problems. got Atlanta. It's awful. Hey. <laughs> it's awful. What are you talking about? It's, a, it's, a, it's a beacon of hope in the south. It is our is our beacon of hope in the south. Yep. There are a lot of gays there. It is there our gay, are a lot of It gays. is our gay epicenter of the south. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. No, it, the, Atlanta is. We're, we're taking it, it over. Actually the redeeming quality of Georgia. Yeah, we have yeah. Atlanta. Oh, if if our listeners ever want to see a bang up gay pride. Go to the Atlanta Gay Pride. It's and it's really in the good. fall, guys. It's in the fall. It's I mean, they have so some awesome. summer activities, but yes, the official Atlanta Pride is in October. I actually think I am going to go. Because we don't want you to die of heat stroke. Yeah. Yeah, that. We're on the and south. you will, because, look, I actually saw a thread the other day, I think it was actually yesterday, where people were like, oh, Georgia heat. If you want to know what heat is, go come to Georgia in the summertime. Yeah. And then people were like, well, what about Arizona? What about Texas? No, 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 no. That is a dry heat. That is a dry heat. I, I Georgia below sea level. Georgia, ninety-three degrees with a hundred percent humidity. I know is worse than Arizona at one thirty. I, I mean, I agree. Mississippi <laughs> yeah, yeah. and Louisiana similar yeah. or worse. Sim- similar, similar or worse. worse. I grew Don't, up my entire life below sea levels. Go so. to a hot swamp. Yes, yes. Any, anywhere that is swampy, where it's a, a lot of swamp. humidity and heat, oh, it's horrible. Yeah, you oh will drown. I don't want to be here anymore. Why bother showering? Honestly, so I ran around in jeans as a kid. All yeah, summer. me too. It's but great. that was before uh, global warming. That was. I will say it was earlier days. Yeah, earlier days. Uh, it. Global warming was so happy. I really miss old weather the way it used to be. Mm-hmm. I really do. My mom used to call us crazy because we would just wear sneakers and blue jeans all summer. I actually had to be yelled at to put shoes on, and then I stepped on one of those little stingy caterpillars, and I oh, was good about wearing shoes nightmare. ever since. Nightmare. Yes. I did learn. I was pretty sure. I was like, I didn't tell my mom either. I was like. The pride. Yes, I didn't want to be told I told you so, and I'm like, well, I probably won't die. Oh my god! I, I probably won't die. I uh, I, but I will I clean, be scarred for life. I did clean my sh- my foot, and it did not turn into an infection. And I don't think anyone in my family has ever heard this story. So okay. So on um, good luck, everyone out there. Do your best. Believe in animals, and your heart will find love. Animals are the best of us. Yep, your heart will find love. <laughs> Three hours of sleep. Yep. Like, two and a half hours of research for two episodes. You're all welcome. If I got any Thanks. wrong, sue I me. you nailed it. No, Thanks. stop. Don't say that. <laughs> Wait, I have what? no money. We don't have any money. Do not say if you got anything wrong. No. What is wrong with I'm you? I'm combative now. What happened? I totally missed it. I'm I said easy. I said if I got anything wrong, sue me. <laughs> because I got combative. No. We don't have any money. We make no money off of this podcast. I have seven children. <laughs> we have seven children. We live in a shoe. 
We don't live in a shoe. We have a house, but there are five cats and two dogs in it, and it's very expensive. Yes. And everything's expensive. And apparently our dogs are too big to go to an Airbnb. We were turned down. Okay. There were, yeah, there was an Airbnb in New Orleans that we wanted to go to, but it was a, a small place. And they said, even though, like, looking at the room, look, our dogs are clingy as fuck. We would have been fine. Is that actually, it's a good size she, bedroom. She, the, the host did say but pets by discretion. Yeah. Yeah, Pets there was case, yeah. case by case, and I was upfront about the their case. size and everything, and they're yeah. like, nope, they're too big. We'll find another one. We're yeah, going we'll, to New Orleans. We're, we're trying to find, like, a... The way that I view travel is when you go to an Airbnb because hotels are too expensive and also don't accommodate dogs. Mm-hmm. Like, not, not well. They're big dogs. Uh, you should make sure you find a place that has, like, charm and is a large part of the draw of the trip. Yeah, something Because you're going to be spending a good bit of time there. Yeah, so. Yeah. So yeah. that was uh, our trip update, and we will continue down this path. Yeah. Okay. Um, Heath, where can people find us on happier days? Well, I mean, you can find us there on sad days, too. Yeah, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh We're also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. Um, if you have friends and family who also like animals, tell them about us. Spread the word. And uh, you can email us, petparentspod at gmail.com. As always, we will try to get better, get sleep, and do episodes more research if we can. Uh, I think we're doing great. Okay, then never Have mind. Good everybody. I take it all back. I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs>